Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee of Abiding Life Ministries. We hope you listen in. We're the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And um, tonight I'm going to share on pain. Pain is God's alarm system. And so I want to begin with a word of prayer. Father, we just come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we praise you, Lord, for your goodness. We praise you that you're our king, our God, our savior, our healer, our deliverer, our restorer, our protector. Lord, you're our all in all. And so tonight, Lord, I ask that you be glorified. I ask that every person who's listening in will have their life touched tonight in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that I will be a tree of life, that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being. Father, that every life will be touched, that you'll cover every person who listens in to this broadcast with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to send forth your ministering angels to minister to each person, whatever kind of angel they need. Lord, tonight I ask you to heal pain in Jesus' name. I ask you to give revelation knowledge to each person who listens in. I pray, Father, you give insight. Lord, you said if we abide in your word, we are truly your disciples and we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. And so in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, a special covering of warrior angels over us, uh, over Dorothy and her family, over me and my family, over all the people who are listening in, the families of those who are listening in. Father, we pray that you'll boomerang every curse and assignment that's been spoken against us, every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual, that you'll boomerang it back upon those who send it. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, Father, we just loose upon each person who's who's uh, would try to curse us the fear of the lord the conviction of sin a spirit of repentance in jesus name and father we pray for the salvation of those who hate us those who curse us we ask you god to touch their lives tonight in jesus name and lord upon those who are listening i i just loose the fear of the lord the conviction of sin a spirit of repentance upon each of us and the truth lord that sets free I bind a strong man over every life in the name of Jesus. I bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places from each person who's listening in, uh, from Dorothy and I and her, our families in the name of Jesus. Uh, I bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth from every person who's listening in, uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, I forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to our divination against us in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, thank you tonight in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Well, as I said earlier, the title of this message is uh, Pain, God's Alarm System. Uh, Job said in Job 33, verse 19 through 32, says God, um, God uses our pain to bring our, back our souls from the pit that we might be enlightened with the light of life. You know, when we go through things, we're to ask God, Why are you, what are you trying to teach me through this, Lord? And the scripture says that if I'm abiding in the word, I'll know the truth, and the truth will set me free. My dad, uh, who really didn't believe in deliverance or healing, uh, he used to say, though, when somebody went through a trial or went through some kind of sickness, that God was just tapping them on the shoulder to try to get our attention. And so that's one thing I've discovered, that when I go through things, God is trying to get my attention about something, and he has an answer for everything I go through. Ecclesiastes 11.10 says, So remove vexation from your heart 
and put pain out of your body. So all pain is rooted in vexation. You know, you could have uh, vexation coming down through the bloodline. For example, all addictive personalities, all addictions uh, are rooted in, 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 um, in pain. If, for example, you may not be a person that you've lived a life of vexation, but, you, you know, if your dad or mother were alcoholics, then um, they, the, the root of their alcoholism or the root of their addiction was pain, uh, undealt with pain. And God tells us that if we deal with our, the vexation, the reason why we have the pain, then we can put pain out of our body. And vexation means sorrow. It means um, anger. It means uh, grief. It means provocation, hurt, idolatry, because in my situations of people hurting me um, or even the sin in my life, I either let the sun go down on my anger or I don't deal with my sin by sundown. And the Bible says that the sins of the fathers pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation. So God tells me to remove vexation from my heart. And so when I do, I can put pain out of my body. Well, I need to find out how the vexation got there. There's physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, sexual pain. I could give you an example, for example, uh, give you an example. Some years back, I had a man who'd come out of a homosexual lifestyle, and he had uh, hosted a whole bunch of seminars for me. But he he, uh, emailed me, I said text, but he emailed me, and um, he was married and had a a son, and he he said... um, he said, I have an excruciating pain in my rectum. He said, do you have any insight? And immediately the Holy Spirit told me to say this to him. I said, yes, break soul ties with anyone you've had anal sex with, especially someone who's hurt you there. Within about 15 or 20 minutes, he emailed me back, and he said the minute he broke soul ties and forgave a specific person for his uh, homosexual acts, uh, the pain immediately left. Um, I was in Michigan some years ago when a lady came up to me and she said, um, she said, I had some kind of surgery and I forgot it was on some private part of her body. But she said, um, I had surgery and she said, ever since then, she said, I've had pain in my private parts, in my, in my uterus, in my womb. And I said, have you ever been into sexual sin? And she said, yes. And I said, well, through the sexual sin, through the soul ties, whoever you had sexual sin with, committed sexual sin with, they're still up inside of you through a soul tie. You see, um, whenever we sin, it opens us up to the vexation. You might not feel pain in your body, but anytime we sin, there's vexation in our spirit man. Another lady at one of the prayer groups I went to, she said, Jerry, she said, I fell the other day and I hit my face and I've had a pain in my face ever since. Do you have any insight? And so I told her what I knew and prayed with her a little bit. She said, um, I said, have you ever been hit in the face? And she said, no, not that I can remember. And she said, but, you know, my mother and father, they, I had a sister that was very, physically sick and she was very needy and they would take her into the bedroom and they would slam the door in my face so I let her to forgive her parents for that and so um and so then uh I wasn't able to move the pain off of her because the Lord didn't show us anything so later on when I got home 
the lady that was in charge of the Bible study said that the lady had um, told her that after she went home, she said she remembered that in high school, some girls slapped her in the face when she was a teenager. And so when she forgave those girls for slapping her in the face, the pain left. You see, when somebody hurts any part of your body and you let the sun go down on your anger, they are stuck to whatever part of their body that um, where they hurt you. Like for the, the lady who had had the sexual sin, I mean, when she repented of all her sexual uh, encounters, and I asked her to do that between her and the Lord, I said, just ask the Lord to show you every sexual relationship you've ever had, and then tell me when you're through. Forgive them for everything they did. Ask God to forgive you. And uh, for anything you did, and, and I didn't want to hear what she what went on, and so I said, when you get through, just tell me. And so when we got through, I prayed, and the minute she broke soul ties, and I took them out of her, um, the the pain left. Um, another uh, incident, I had a lady in a meeting come up to me, and her hands were trembling. She said she had Parkinson's disease, and I said, anyone else in your family have this? And she said. Uh, my sister does, and I said, well, how do you feel about your sister? She said, oh, she has caused me such pain. Anyway, when I led her to forgive her sister and broke soul ties, the trembling and the and the Parkinson's disease left her hand. And you so, so there's different reasons why we have the vexation, but it's all rooted in sin. But I'm going to give some specific uh, Bible readings as I've pulled up all the scriptures on pain. Uh, I'm going to read those to you, and y'all can be, if you're listening in, be be repenting over these things as I read them, because you may not have had this happen to you, or you may not have done this, but you, your mother and father, or your forefathers, there could be pain coming down the generation. You know, I've seen this a lot with African Americans. I had one lady in a meeting, she was just bent over, racked with pain, her whole body. She said, I've got pain every place of my in my body. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that she had had a forefather in slavery that had um, been beaten with a whip by slave owners. And when she forgave the people that had beat her forefather, she was instantly healed. The next, next day she came and she was, instead of about being bent over, she was just overjoyed. She said, I have not one pain in my whole body. You see, when we let the sun go down on our anger, if we don't deal with the hurt in our lives, it passes down to our children, to the third and fourth generation, and it'll keep on looping another day until somebody stands up in the bloodline and takes accountability for it. So that could be one cause of your pain is generational stuff. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, pain comes down through slavery. Um, I was at one meeting and a lady said, my, my, my legs and my, my wrist and my legs have pain. And so what the Lord showed me was that uh, her forefathers had been chained up by, in their, their legs and, and wrists had been chained up in slavery. And when we broke, uh, for, when she forgave, broke the soul ties, cut the chains, all the pain left her body. I saw her a year later at the last spiritual warfare conference and she still had had no more pain. And so we have to get to the reason for it. I can remember another man who um, who said, my arms hurt all the time. And so as we began to ask the Lord to show her, show him 
the root to why his arms hurt. He said, my brothers used to hold my arms. They would, tie, they would, they would hold my arms and hurt my arms. And he said, and I'm a, I'm a carpenter, and I have a hard time using a hammer because of the, my, the pain in my arms. And, uh, of course, I've watched little boys on a playground, how they, um, how they hit uh, other little boys in the private parts. And he was having problems with his stomach in that area, too, that day. Anyway, when he forgave his brothers, broke soul ties, the pain, the pain left. And I've seen this happen over and over and over. If you see, if somebody slaps you in the face through a soul tie, their hand is still there. And 50 years later, we're looking for a reason why our face hurts. And it goes back to a soul tie through someone um, hurting us and us letting the sun go down on our anger. You know, we have till sundown to let the sun go to, till sundown to forgive. Most people, and I never knew this as a child, nobody taught me till it was later years, but we're not to let the sun go down on our anger. We've got till sundown to forgive. Another, another big root of pain is like you grow up in a dysfunctional family. You grew up being verbally abused, physically abused, mentally abused, sexually abused, and Little children don't know they can go to God. So unconsciously, because parents model for us a picture of what God's like, unconsciously they don't know they can go to God because they've not been taught. So they turn to a promise they made their self that when they grow up, life will be di- life will they'll see to it that life's different. Well, the judgments they make, letting the sun go down on their anger, if they don't tur- if we don't turn to God in our pain, we turn to a false God. And wherever there's a false God. If I'm turning to a promise I make myself, when I get out of this house, life's going to be different. I just turn to a false god. Or if I vow that, you know, I'm, I'm hurt, nobody loves me, I'm going to find someone that loves me, I'm turning to a false god. And that sets in motion forces for me to keep on reaping the pain. And so when we stuff things, uh, put things under the rug instead of dealing with them at the throne of grace, that's what they do. They become a festering sore. And then they're going to manifest in our physical body as pain. So if you're listening today uh, and you've grown up with this kind of family and you've got pain in your body, I can tell you it's rooted in you, these, these childhood issues of your mother and father. And so the best thing to do is to make a list of every way you were hurt by your mother, every way you were hurt by your father, and forgive them one by one instead of saying, I forgive my mother and father. To get healed, you have to be specific. You have to specifically name it. And First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sin, your God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Now, so many times people get this messed up when I say, go back and forgive your mother and father. It's like uh, people think I'm, I'm telling them to blame their mother and father. No, I'm not. That's psychology. I'm telling you to take accountability for your wrong responses to their poor stewardship. And your wrong response would be judging them, letting the sun go down on your anger. And every place a parent violates the word of God in training a child up, he will be provoked to anger. In all those areas, there will be vexation. And I could give you so many examples of watching people healed over the years just by them removing the vexation from their heart. And, you know, Jesus is the great physician, and he promises us uh, he wants to heal us. Um, And he heals us when we meet his condition. And the condition is remove vexation from your heart, which is hurt, grief, sadness, sorrow, 
uh, anger and idolatry. And it's idolatry because I let the sun go down on my anger and I turn to an idol rather than turning to God. Anytime you have an idol, you're going to have vexation. Anytime you turn to anything but God, you're going to have vexation. Now, you may not feel pain in your body, but you will have vexation. And at some point in time, it will manifest in your body as sickness. And a lot has to do with where the pain is. For example, if it's in a person's feet, I see people's feet healed all the time because uh, they're bitter toward their path. They think they, that life has dealt them a wrong, um, uh, a wrong deck of hand, uh, a wrong um, that life has dealt them a, a wrong blow, and they're bitter toward their path. Uh, if your hands hurt, you've got arthritis in your hands. I can tell that tell you that you've been bitter by the things you've done with your hands, or Hands have to do with ministry. You're bitter toward ministers that have hurt you or preachers that have hurt you. Um, uh, you know, it, it's even, um, even eye problems can be through being vexed over what you see. You know, my son Todd, uh, my youngest son Todd died in 1989, uh, three days past his 25th birthday, and he'd lived a homosexual lifestyle. And his body was literally rotting. He went from 200 pounds down to about 70 pounds. His feet went from size uh, 11 to size 13. His testicles were the size of a grapefruit. Around his rectum, he had like flesh that was torn flesh because of herpes lesions around his rectum. He went blind in his right eye. He had carposis sarcoma, cancer of the small blood vessel. And... uh, He asked me about a month before he died, Mom, do you think I'll have to suffer before I die? I can tell you he died pain-free. The lady from hospice came out about a week before he died, and um, he got to where we we couldn't lift him, and he had to have a hospital bed, so they were nice enough to bring a hospital bed out. And she said, how is your son's mental condition? Is he, I said, this boy gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And she said, well, that's unusual. She said, because homosexuals die, die with, even with morphine, they die such a painful death that even with morphine, you have to tie him to the bed. And so she said, you better get morphine. So I went to this doctor and he gave me some morphine to give to my son. But, but when I brought it home, I said, son, uh, does anything hurt you? And he said, no, mom. I ended up pouring that morphine down the toilet. He died totally free of pain because he was a very forgiving young man. He was very repentant over his sin. And so uh, that encourages me because you hear all these stories about how people are persecuted and beheaded and for martyr, being martyred for Christ and and uh, God just has used him to cause me to see that if we keep vexation of our heart and we keep on forgiving and we keep on getting it right, we don't have to die a painful death. And so um, tonight I hope you will examine these areas of where your pain came in and be asking the Lord. And at the end I'm going to do a deliverance and lead you in more repentance. But as I said, a lot depends on where the pain is if it's feet do a word study on your feet if it's your heart do a word study on your heart wherever the pain is if it's all over your body 
then um, that probably has to do with your emotions are in pain. Um, and so the best the world can do is just to kind of manage your pain. But God wants to heal it if we meet his conditions. And he's made a provision for us at Calvary. He's given us a remedy for our pain. In Isaiah 53, verse 3 and 4, it says, He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, which means a man of pain, and acquainted with grief, which means sickness. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs, which is our sickness, he bore and our sorrows, our pain, he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. The New Testament confirms this Old Testament verse in at least two places. In verse 224, it says, And he, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his uh, wounds you were healed. There's three things you need to see about this. To be healed Number one it says We have to die to sin Number two um, Live to righteousness That means be repented up Prayed up And then by the stripes of Jesus You were healed And Matthew confirms this verse In uh, the verse in Isaiah 53 Matthew eight sixteen and 17 says And when evening had come uh, they brought to him many who were demonized, demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were ill in order to, in order that the what was spoken of through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. You know, let God be true and every man be a liar. God's word is either true or it's not true. If he tells us to remove vexation from our heart, you say, well, you know, that'd take me forever. I've got so much vexation. Hey, it, it just one thing at a time. God will, when you do step one, he'll show you step two. And there may be a thousand reasons uh, that you have vexation of heart. But the more you repent, the better you'll get. Um, and so if you'll notice First uh, Peter 2.21, by to sin, live to righteousness, and by his stripes. You are healed. And this is not to say that many godly, righteous people uh, have pain and they're dying and believing God's going to heal them uh, or going to the world for answers. This is not to say they don't love the Lord, but it's because of the lack of knowledge that we perish. It's because we don't know God's word. And I don't know God's word as much as I need to know God's word. And Hosea 4 says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. Uh, it goes on to say because they've rejected knowledge. But another place, and I think it's in Proverbs, it says that my people perish for the lack of knowledge. And so either a person is ignorant of what God's word says or he refuses to believe, he rejects it. But in either case, um, God says that we need knowledge. In fact, Proverbs, I believe it's Proverbs 24, says that, uh, knowledge increases power The more knowledge of God's word we have The more power we have with God And because of the doctrines of demons We've been taught just to kind of hang in there We've been taught to substitute God's method of healing For 
for for the a worldly substitute, which is really a cheap substitute. Uh, it's superficial. It either kills us, brings us into greater bondage, or just helps us hang in there. Um, and a person, it says, a prudent person seeks uh, answers. The prudent are those that see the danger and they hide themselves. Proverbs. 14 verse 18 says the prudent are crowned with knowledge and you know uh, you may say well you know god don't give us a crown but i was at a meeting once and there was a little boy there and he told everybody she, she's got a crown on her head well it was a crown in the spirit it wasn't a physical crown so if you're prudent you're going to have a um a spiritual crown that can't be seen with human eyes, but angels and demons can see it. 13.16 says, every prudent man acts with knowledge. Proverbs 14.8 says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. How many of us try to understand the why, when, what, where, and who uh, is behind our vexation or our sickness? Proverbs 14.15 says, the prudent man considers his steps. In other words, he watches the direction he's going. But a fool, it says the fool will go and suffer for it. Um, Proverbs eighteen fifteen says the mind of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Proverbs 22, 3 says the prudent see the evil and hides himself. In other words, he'll go a different direction because he sees the danger. Proverbs 27, 12 says a prudent man sees evil and hides himself, the naive proceed and pay the penalty. Third John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I, be, I, I pray that in all respects you prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. And this, you know, to have a prospering soul, we're going to only get it in God's word to align our, our thoughts with God's word because your soul is your thought life, your psyche. And so that's why the Word of God is so healing and why it's so important to be in the Word of God. In fact, possibly next time I will teach on the importance of God's Word in healing because the Bible says he sent his Word to heal you. He didn't send folks to heal you. He sent his Word to heal you. Um, And I'm not telling you to not go to the world for answers, okay? That's between you and God. But uh, I'm just telling you that I don't go to the world for answers, and I thank God for that because... um, God is the answer. He's the answer to every problem that you could have. And our health and our prosperity will be in proportion to us prospering our soul and aligning our thought life with the word of God. You know, unless our time on earth is it's our time to enter eternity, God wants us to, to be healed uh, rather than seek His the world system for human procedures and human remedies. Uh, we have to go to the great physician for answers. Otherwise, we're just putting a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem. You know, uh, the more excellent way is to look for the spiritual root or roots behind our problem or our problem. And healing will come when we when uh, we align ourselves with the Word of God. And I've shared this before, but uh, that's how I've experienced healing over the years. In 26 years, and again, I'm 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 telling you this not to boast in my flesh because the minute you boast, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I'm not boasting, but I'm trying to teach you that the great physician is the better way. 
but in 26 years, I've not been to the doctor except last year I went and had cataract surgery. But I wasn't, uh, in, even in all that, in, uh, I haven't taken medication in 26 years other than the drops they put in my eyes that I no longer use because I'm trusting God with my eyes, and they're better. But healing will come as we align ourselves with the Word of God. And I can tell you, and I'm almost 80 years old, and uh, I trust a great physician. And when, I, and when I start to get something, I start saying, uh-oh, Lord, what, did I, what have I done? And then I immediately start repenting. And many times it just leaves as, as quick as it came. And so he sent his word to heal you. Jesus is the word of God. In fact, John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the uh, incorruptible glory of God. Jesus is the word of God, and when you get in the word of God, you are creating the presence of Jesus. Deuteronomy 28 says sickness is a curse. Proverbs 26, 2 says like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot light. And curses are carried out by demon powers. And whenever you have sickness and whenever you have pain, you are being uh, tormented by demon powers, by demon spirits. And uh, we're all a work in progress. And I can tell you deliverance is just James 4, 7, Submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee. And when I say that's demons, I've never met a human that didn't have demons. And uh, you say, well, you know, Christians can't have a demon. Well, uh, if God, for example, if God has not given you the spirit of fear, who do you think has? Or um, you say, well, Christians can't be under a curse. Well, read the curses in Deuteronomy 28. Confusion is a curse. Sickness is a curse. Inflammation, fiery heat, blight, mildew is a curse. Um, Consumption, fever is a curse. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus rebuked fever as it being a demon. He rebuked the spirit of of a fever, and the fever left. And so, therefore, you know, God's solution is to find the cause of the curse, repent, and then receive healing. And it's a process. Um, you know, I've been seeking the Lord for healing over uh, uh, s- some situations uh, for for a long time now, and I can tell you the situation is better. The more I repent, the better I get, and I'm constantly repenting. I'm never going to quit, even if God doesn't heal me. I'm still going to trust Him. Um, God's Word has lots to say about pain. You know, the best the world can do is manage it. I mean, there's even pain management clinics that a person can succumb to. Uh, often a person is given mind-altering drugs, which puts them in a state of, of drunkenness, uh, violating this, the scriptural warning that tells us to be sober and alert. And people have shared with me that even with the drugs, uh, they're still in pain. Uh, the other day, um, the precious lady that, that hosts this program, Dorothy Carruthers, sent me an article on pain, and it was so good. The man said that pain medicine actually causes your pain to get worse. It might be a momentary uh, relief momentarily, but it, eventually it will require more and more drugs, and it actually makes you more have more, have more pain. Even ibuprofen, these drugs can destroy your body and cause other problems. And even though they might be a temporary fix, uh, eventually they'll do damage to your physical body. One lady confided in me, in me that 
um, that when she was given uh, psychiatric medicine, uh, she said that that she wouldn't have cared if her mother that she loved so much died. And there was a lady that was a psychiatrist in Houston that drowned her her babies in the bathtub, and she was on psychiatric medicine, but you never hear that on the news that that was the cause of it. But I know people that have killed themselves because they were on psychiatric medicine. And if you're on any kind of mind-altering drug, look at the side effects. One of the side effects is death, suicide. Uh, another young man that was uh, real close to my granddaughter in high school, and she's like 27, and he's probably 28 years old. And uh, all of a sudden, he was driving down the road one day and had a seizure. And But before they could get him to the hospital, uh, he was dead. And uh, the, uh, a doctor had just prescribed for him a, a different kind of, of a mind-altering drug. And some of the side effects is seizures. And so these are, in fact, whatever you're taking, I encourage you to look at the site, to, to Google, uh, put, the, put the drug in, on the Internet and Google the side effects, and every side effect becomes another disease. And so if you ever want to get healed, you'll never get healed with, until you get rid of the, the drugs that's causing the side effects. And, you know, you might uh, take, uh, for example, if you're taking pain medicine, probably one of the problems is constipation. So you go to the doctor and say, doctor, I'm constipated. So he gives you something for that, and then that makes you tired. And you go and say, doctor, I'm sure I'm tired. So he gives you for that. And then I know there's, there's situations. Um, I had a lady um, email me one day, and if she's listening, I'm not condemning you. I'm just teaching. But she was on 800 pills a month and wanted to get off. And I thought, I said, no wonder you're sick. If you're on 800 different pills, I told another friend, she said, oh, my husband takes that many. I said, I've never heard of such a thing. And she said, well, I asked my doctor, do you know of anybody, or I asked the nurse, do you know of anybody that takes more pills than my husband? And the doc, the nurse said, oh, well, there's people that take over 1,000 a day. And so every side effect, in fact, medical mistakes and side effects from prescription drugs is the number three and four killer of people in the United States behind heart disease and behind cancer. And, you know, illegal drugs is not even in the, it probably goes down to 10 or 11 on the list. But this is prescription drugs, which is really, it's really no different. But I'm telling you, doctors are going to have to account for lots of people they killed. I know a man that committed suicide that he loved himself so much he would have never done that had he not been on psychiatric medicine because he was depressed. Even depression is rooted in idolatry. We have to get to the source and root of every problem we have because God's got a lesson in it. The Bible gives some scripture reasons for pain, and be thinking about these as I name them, but one is spiritual adultery and leading others to play the harlot. So spiritual adultery would be, for example, you pray a prayer to receive Jesus, you're you're a believer, you say you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but your heart goes after other lovers, and you commit spiritual adultery, and then you tempt other people and lead them to play the harlot against their bridegroom, Jesus. Second Chronicles 21.19 says, Now it came about in the course of time, at the end of two years, and I was speaking of a particular king, and I forgot what his name was. It says that his bowels came out because of sickness, and he died in great pain, and his people made a fire for him like the fire for his fathers. 
And so he, if you read that passage, you read before this particular verse, you see he led Israel into spiritual adultery, to be unfaithful to God. Another reason is wickedness. Uh, Job 15, verse 20 says, The wicked man rise in pain all his days, and numbered are their years stored up for the ruthless. You say, well, you know, I'm not wicked, but I have a problem forgiving. Well, you know, in... in um, Matthew 18, when Jesus gave the parable of the man who didn't forgive, he called him a wicked slave. And he was talking to Peter, and Peter was a Christian. And so when we don't forgive, that's wicked. And you may not be wicked, but let me tell you, we could have had some wicked forefathers, and we may be writhing in pain because of the pain of our wicked forefather. So that's something that needs to be broken. And we don't know what's back there. Uh, number three, forgetting the God of your salvation. Isaiah seventeen ten and 11 says, For you have forgotten the God of your salvation and have not remembered the rock of your refuge. Therefore, you plant delightful plants and set them with vine slips with strange gods. In that day that you plant it, you, you plant it carefully, you fence it in, and in the morning you bring your seed to blossom but the harvest will be a heap in that day of sickliness and incurable pain. And it's incurable because it's a curse. You know, if, if the word of God says that, that sickness is a curse, uh, and it says that you can't be healed from something, it doesn't matter if you go to the world. The world cannot heal you if you're under a curse. The thing to do is find the cause of the curse. The fourth thing is not obeying are listening to, to God's voice. Jeremiah six nineteen through 24 says, Hear, O earth, behold, I am bringing disaster on, on this people, the fruit of their plans, because they have not listened to my voice, and as for my law, they have rejected it. We have heard the report of it. Our hands are limp. Anguish has seized us, pain as if a woman in childbirth. So as I do these things, have you done these things? Have you asked the Lord uh, or have your forefathers done these things? Because it's very important in healing to deal with generational issues. It's very important in healing to deal with, with your childhood traumas because these things get stored down in your spiritual garden. And if, there, if pain's being produced, there means that, uh, well, let me explain it this way. If you plant corn in your garden, plant a corn seed, you're going to get a stalk of corn with bunches of ears of corn, with hundreds of kernels of corn. You're going to get the same thing you plant, more than you plant, later than you plant. And it's the same with a sin. If I plant a seed in my spiritual garden, which is my heart, is, and there's lots of unresolved issues in the heart, you can be as repentant as you know how to be on the surface, but our hearts are so full uh, Jeremiah says our hearts are deathly wicked Who can know them And so you can be on the surface Repented as you know how to be But a problem comes up And God's just letting that be His alarm system to show you You've got a system problem You know my daddy gave me a 19, uh, a 19 Of course now it wouldn't be pretty But in 1978 He gave me a brand new uh, Cadillac Eldorado And he paid for it And it was the most beautiful car I've ever seen It had it was white, and it had gold wheels. It was so beautiful. And so uh, whenever the gears were just a little bit out of whack, it would say system problem. 
And so when you have pain in your body, God is trying to tell you you have a system problem. And that's God's alarm system warning you. You know, thank God for pain because if you cut your finger and it didn't bleed and it didn't hurt, you'd end up cutting it off and wouldn't even know it. So God's trying to show you there's something in your life you don't see. And so the wise, prudent person is going to look for answers until you're totally healed. The fifth thing is idolatry. Jeremiah thirty fifteen says, why do you crowd over your injury? Your pain is incurable because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous. Uh, I have done these things. And you see that God has allowed the pain. It says in Deuteronomy 32, it says, I'm the one that makes you sick and I'm the one that heals. I'm the one that wounds and I'm I'm the one that heals. And I'm paraphrasing, but go read the last verse of Deuteronomy 32. Uh, the sixth thing is being a worldly church member. Jeremiah 51.8 says, Suddenly Babylon, which is a type and shadow of the worldly church, the harlot church, has fallen and been broken. And when I say harlot church, it's a picture of a person that is a church member who lives after the flesh. And can I tell you that churches are 90% full of this kind of people? Uh, probably only 10% or less than 10% of church members are actually born again. Look at the fruit of their life. Most church members deal with their outward appearance, and they just have a religious spirit, and they don't look at heart issues. They don't deal with heart issues. Number one is because they've not been taught to do that because, because of the lack of knowledge. But it says, suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Well over her, bring balm for her pain. Perhaps she may be healed. And can I tell you, repentance is the balm for that pain. God puts balm on it when we repent. The seventh reason is rebellion. Lamentations one twelve says, "Is it's nothing for nothing, nothing, nothing to you who pass this way. Look and see if there is any pain like my pain, which was severely dealt out to me, which the Lord inflicted on me in the day of His fierce anger." I want you to see that God inflicts the pain. It also says that in Job 33 and other places. Um, You can read that also in Exodus 23, Exodus 15. tells you that God is the one that sends pain. He's the one that sends uh, uh, sickness uh, because of sin. So what do we have to do? We have to find out the sin that our forefathers committed or the sin we committed that has brought it on us. And we probably have to do all of that. Lamentations 118 says the Lord is righteous. For I have rebelled against his command. Hear now, all peoples, and behold my pain. My virgins and my young men have gone into captivity. And that's, uh, it's, it's, it's bondage. It's captivity. Number eight, being a Philistine. You say, well, I'm not a Philistine. Well, let me just give you the characteristics of a Philistine. You know, they worship false gods, but they were wallowers. And a wallower is a person and you probably, maybe you're this kind of person or you've known somebody that are always wallowing in their mess. It's like they're never happy. Uh, they're always um, never happy campers. Uh, they walk around looking like they've swallowed a curtain rod instead of having the joy of the Lord. They love self-pity. They love to be a martyr, and they love to wallow in it. Another thing, the Philistines were warlike, always wanting to fight. You know, having a, being hot-tempered, the least little thing can cause them to just uh, go into orbit and want to fight and to be into contention and strife. 
they were uncircumcised. And, of course, God tells us that we he wants to circumcise our hearts. They were God's enemies. They were intensely religious. And you see this in the church. They were intensely religious, but it, but they never dealt with their heart issues. They always dealt with the outward appearance. They celebrated in the house of their idols. They worshipped Dagon, Asherah, Ishtar, the goddess of pro, uh, um, propagation. Uh, they had a sanctuary to Beelzebub, who was the prince of demons. Zechariah 9, 5, Ashlikon, which was a, a Philistine city, will uh, see and be afraid. Gaza, another Philistine city, um, too, will writhe in great pain. Also, Ekron, another Philistine city, for her expectation has been confounded. Moreover, the king will perish from Gaza, and Ashlikon will be uninhabited, will be inhabited. The ninth thing is worshiping the beast. Um, you know, in Freemasonry, um, they're, you know, they use the, the compass and the protractor. It's a picture, a picture of building. And in every level of Freemasonry, they are building a temple. And when they're in the 32nd degree, I think it's the 32nd degree Masons, then the beast can come and sit in that temple. And that is the devil. It's really devil worshiper. If you're a 32nd and are 33 degree Mason, uh, in the lower levels of the Masonic, Masonic Lodge, they will say, uh, we believe in God. But when they're a 32nd degree, I think it's a 32nd or 33 degree Mason, they will say, yes, Lucifer is God. Um, and worshiping the beast, uh, some, of the, some of the worship in churches is worshiping the beast. Some of the music, the rock music with Christian words, is just really worshiping the beast. Uh, it's drawing, it's, it's bringing in the beast rather than ushering in the presence of the Lord. You know, I hear a difference between uh, songs of proclamation, which are good, uh, pr- songs of prayer, which are good, but God loves songs of worship, of adoration, of telling him how great he is, how wonderful he is. And so if we want to bring God into our presence, we have to be people that praise the Lord, worship the Lord. Revelation 16:10 says, And the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast. Kingdom became darkened, and they gnawed their tongues because of pain. So worshiping the beast will cause us to gnaw our tongues because of pain. Okay, this is another insight that God just gave me just now. <laughs> Say you had a forefather that's burning in hell, and because he didn't repent of his sin, uh, you know you could be gnawing your tongue with pain because of a forefather that never repented of his sin. And I have forgiven my forefathers for not knowing God, for not dealing with their issues, and and I this is some things that I've done in keeping myself uh, repented up. They gnawed their tongues with pain. The tenth thing is unforgiveness. In Matthew eighteen thirty four, Jesus gives the parable of the man who had two servants, and one owed him about uh, ten million dollars. Paraphrasing, the other owed about eighteen dollars. The one that owed ten million dollars to the Lord, um, the Lord ordered him ordered him to pay up, and he and and his wife and children to be thrown in prison. And he said, you know, have mercy on me, Lord. I don't I don't have it. So God had mercy on him. 
you know, so no sinner got out of the presence of the Lord of being forgiven. He goes and finds somebody that owes him eighteen dollars, and uh, the man said, "I don't have it. Have mercy." So this one who'd been forgiven for ten million dollars by the Lord grabbed the one who owed him eighteen dollars and choked him around the neck, threw him in prison, and the Lord's servants heard this and they went and reported to the Lord uh, what the man had done. And this is what the Lord said in Matthew 18:34. And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the tormentors, and that's demons that inflict pain. It's the pain of disease. It's an inquisitor. Uh, an inquisitor stretches person is a jailer that stretches someone out on a rack and tortures them till he gets what he wants. And so God says, if you don't forgive, I'll turn you over to the tormentors which is the demons that inflict pain, the pain of disease, an inquisitor, until he should repay all that was owed him. So unforgiveness is a big route to torment and pain. Okay, say you forgive everyone you know, but your forefathers had an unforgiving heart. Well, you see, you can be receiving the torment of your forefathers because they wouldn't forgive. So as you're repenting, forgive your forefathers for being people that would not forgive. Uh, John, and let me just tell you how to forgive. The Lord taught me this one day. I had lunch with somebody, and we got in a disagreement, and she said she was sorry, and I said I was sorry. And the next day, I was still arguing with her in my head. And I said, Lord, she said she was sorry. And I said, I was sorry. Why can't I get over this? And the Lord said, she's just like your mother. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to forgive my mother for. And the Lord said, forgive your mother for everything you don't like about her. So I started forgiving my mother for everything that I didn't like about this person, and it was totally over. And uh, what the Lord showed me is if you can quickly forgive, it's not a hard issue. But you know in Matthew 18, Jesus said you have to forgive from the heart, and the heart is that foundation of how you grew up, your mother, your father. Um, And so if you can quickly forgive someone, if somebody says, well, you know, Jerry, forgive me for what I said two days ago. And I'd say, well, what did you say? And you'd say, well, I did this or I did that. And I'd say, well, I didn't think any of it. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't a hard issue. But if you say the words, which forgiveness is not a motion, but it's a choice. If you say the words, I forgive, um, you don't have to feel like it. You don't have to want to. But you have to say those words, I forgive. And when you do that, it's like you're, you're releasing um, your judgment from your courtroom where you've been the judge is like you're walking over to another courtroom where God's the judge and you're putting those pe- you're putting your the people that have hurt you plus your mother and father and your forefathers in there and you're releasing it to God because he says vengeance is mine I'll repay and how he repays is through the law of sowing and reaping you're by your standard of measure it's going to be measured back to you now you don't put them in God's courtroom or transfer Uh, the case from your courtroom to God's courtroom because you're wanting them to be punished. But when you leave them in God's courtroom, you put them before God, you shut the door and you rest your case. That's what it means to forgive. And you, some of you have said the words, I forgive. And then maybe a week later, you're still arguing with these people in your head or a month later or two months later. Uh, It keeps coming back. It don't go away. And the reason it doesn't go away, it's a mother or daddy issue or a generational issue. So if you want to forgive, you've got to go back and what whoever is hurting you in the present, uh, you need to forgive. Your, see, ask the Lord, did my mother father do this to me? Did my forefathers do this? And then forgive them. And then 
the issue will be over. John 8.32 says, If we abide in his word, we're truly his disciples, and we'll know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Uh, Job 5.18 says, For he inflicts pain, now God does it, and he gives relief. He wounds, and his hands also heal. Proverbs 16.25 says, There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. And the right way is found in God's word. The right way leads us to the place of his presence, uh, his dwelling place. Psalms 107.7 says this, after it says there were those who dwelt in prisoners, uh, there were those who dwelt in darkness, prisoners in misery and and chains because they had rebelled against the words of the Lord. And then they cried out to the Lord and he delivered them from their distresses and he sent his word to heal them. And then he said in Psalms 107, verse 7, and he led them by the right way that they might go to the place of city of habitation. And that's where God is. Um, Ecclesiastes again says, so remove vexation from your heart and put pain out of your body. Vexation is anger and grief, sorrow, hurt, provocation, and idolatry from your heart and put pain away from your body because childhood and the prime of life is fleeting. You know, we might not bow down to to um, uh, a Buddha or uh, a false god named Kali or Dagon or Beelzebub, but our idols today is the things that make us angry. Wherever you have anger, you have vexation. Whatever pushes your button, you have vexation. Whatever makes you fearful, you have vexation. So you have to deal with all those things at the throne of grace. And the way I deal with things that bother me about, you know, we all have family members that shut us out, and uh, I have a few that do me that way. And, I'm, you know, I can say, well, for years I've grieved over that. But, but what I do is, Lord, you see how I'm being treated? If this will glorify you the most for this to continue, so be it. The devil, you can't make it. Uh, you can't make it continue. The other day I said, Lord, if it glorify you the most for so-and-so to never have a relationship with me, long as she has one with you, Lord, if I have to choose, I prefer them to have a relationship with you. And, Lord, I let it go. And this has been a revelation to me where it says, wait on the Lord. The word wait means let it go. Let all of these things that trouble you, let it go because hanging on to these things cause vexation in your heart. And that would be vexation in your emotions uh, and cause pain in your body. Uh, We can have grief in our hearts for many, many reasons. Our own failures, the failures of others to live up to our expectations, grief over divorce, um, being abandoned not being nurtured, loved, or cared for, being sexually, verbally, emotionally, spiritually, physically abused, uh, having to be the mommy and daddy or the caretaker because mom and dad were incompetent or irresponsible or drunk or whoremongers, uh, being rejected, uh, being controlled, never allowed to be who you are. And I'm not particularly talking about uh, sin, which is it is sin if if you don't stand up to be who God created you to be. It is idolatry. Not being protected. Grief can bond you to the familiar spirit of the person who caused you grief. Grief means numbness, dumbness, sickness, which is 
which is tied in with bitterness. Your children can cause you grief. The scripture says that um, in Proverbs 17:25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to those who bore him. Um, Proverbs 10:1 says, a wise son makes a father glad, but foolish son is a grief to his mother. You know, I've been really blessed. My my son, I have a son and a grandson and granddaughters that are a joy to my life. And I can be very thankful. But I had the other son who lived a homosexual lifestyle, who's in heaven right now. Um, I had to forgive him for causing me bitterness and grief. Grief can be the root of eye problems. Job 17.7 says, My eye was also grown dim because of grief, and all my members are as a shadow. My eye, in Proverbs uh, 6, verse 7 says, My eye, I'm sorry, not Proverbs, Psalms 6, 7 says, My eye has wasted away because of grief, has become old because of all my adversaries. Psalms 31, verse 9 says, Be gracious to me, O Lord, I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, my soul and my body also. So that's something that we need to repent of generational grief. Uh, I had a a great, 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 great grandmother that was blind. And so I've had to deal with, uh, take accountability for any unresolved grief in my bloodline that would open me up to eye problems. Um, our soul can be weeping because of grief. Uh, Psalms 109, I'm sorry, 119 verse 8 says, My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to thy word. You know, we can laugh on the outside but be crying on the inside because of pain in our heart. Uh, Proverbs 14:13 says, Even in the laughter the heart may be in pain and the end of grief may, and the end of joy may be grief. God causes us grief when we live after the flesh. Lamentations one five says, um, Her adversaries have become her masters. Her enemies prosper, for the Lord has caused her grief. Because of the multitude of her transgressions, her little ones have gone away as captives before the enemy. And God tells us to remove grief and anger and provocation and sorrow and hurt and idolatry from our heart Um, and pains at the root of all compulsive behavior and addictions if you're addicted to anything it's rooted in pain so we have a choice to deal with our pain God's way for lasting healing or to just let it be superficial put a band-aid on it and just uh, try to mask it over with drugs the way of foodle is a right in his own eyes but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise and God knows our pain he knows the cause of our grief Psalms ten fourteen says thou hast seen it for thou hast beheld mischief and vexation to take it into thy hand the unfortunate commits himself to thee thou hast been a helper of the orphan 
So do you consider yourself the unfortunate? We need to commit ourselves to him. Job 5.2 says, Vexation will kill you, for vexation slays the foolish man, and anger kills the simple. Vexation, grief, and anger uh, brings disgrace and shame to your name and reputation. Proverbs 12.16 says, A fool's vexation is known at once, but a prudent man conceals dishonor. You know, you may be this person, and if you're not, you may know someone that is so sad, so miserable, so unhappy that you can see their vexation all over their face. Always negative, always saying hateful, mean things to people, and they, um, their perfectionism won't let them take accountability for their own sin. A person who spends his life on worthless pursuits will live a, a life of pain. Ecclesiastes 5.17 says, Speaking of a fool, throughout his life he also eats in darkness with great vexation, sickness, and anger. So in God's, going God's way gives you escape and healing. God's word gives us answers for all of our problems. And he tells us again in Ecclesiastes 11.10, So remove vexation, grief, sorrow, sadness, anger, provocation, hurt, and idolatry. From your heart and and put pain out of your body. The scripture says in First Samuel fifteen twenty three that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and all iniquity is as idolatry. So God's telling us in this passage to get the sin out of your life, which is the idolatry out of your life. Repent of all the times you let the sun go down on your anger and turn to something else besides God, and then remove vexation from your heart and you can put pain out of your body. And so um, if you're listening, I'm trusting that the truth here is going to set you free if you've had pain. And even, even if you have to go back, even after this message, and begin to examine these areas of your life and begin to examine before the throne of grace and ask him, abide in the word, line your life with the word. If, it's, if the pain's in your feet, do a word study on feet. Um, if it's on your heart or wherever it is at, it's, that's very important. And to do a word study means you pull up all the words. Either if, if, if there's a body part, pull that up. Pull up all the symptoms. Uh, you can go to, um, uh, you can get free online Bible by going to little, and I'm just going to give you this uh, address, little e dash capital S-W-O-R-D dot com. And you can get a free Bible program. And then you can just online all of those scriptures that have to do with your physical problem and repent over each one. For example, the way you do it is it says um, a hard heart. Lord, forgive me for having a hard heart. Or, um, Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Turn away from evil. Fear God. Turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. If you were repenting over that, you'd say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you with my own whole heart. Forgive me for leaning to my own understanding. Forgive me that in all my ways I have not acknowledged you. Forgive me, Lord, for not fearing you and turning away from evil. Lord, I do that now, and you promise that it'll be healing to my body and refreshment to my bones. 
So that's how you would repent over the word. Make it a, a make it um uh make it a prayer. If it says because you haven't done this, pray that you haven't done it. If it says do this and you haven't done it, ask God to forgive you for that. Whether you think you're guilty or not, I can do this and within 10 minutes, tears are running down my cheeks. That's what it means to be washed with water in the word. That's all deliverance is, is just to align your life with the word of God. You don't need a deliverance minister to do that because 99 and 9 tenths percent of deliverance that I've gotten this past um, 50 years I've walked with God, 99 and 9% of the deliverance I've received has been through just repenting over God's word. And I really attribute to what God taught me. I really attribute the fact that I haven't been to the doctor in 26 years and I'm on no medication. Uh, I just attribute that to God teaching me to repent over the word and to live a lifestyle of repentance. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm not perfect. I have got so many issues that I'm working on in my own life. I'm a work in progress just like you are. And we never come to the place where we're completely delivered. It's a part of the sanctification process. And you won't be perfect till you enter eternity. But there's something about seeking God to align your life with the word of God that will bring about healing. If you want to be healed and delivered and set free, you have to live a lifestyle of repentance. And I have... Uh, it, uh, an issue that I'm praying for healing for myself, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on repenting, keep on seeking God for answers. And um, the scripture says you'll change from glory to glory and strength to strength. So I just praise God for what he's done. And I give him all the glory, all the honor and all the praise. Um, and I just thank God for each of you who listened in. I just trust that, You've received some truth that's going to set you free, even if you have to go back and keep on listening to this until you get it down in your spirit and um, keep on repenting. The happier you're, the more you repent, the happier you'll be. The more you repent, the healthier you'll get. And so uh, I'm going to lead you in repentance if you're listening, uh, to be repenting over the word of God as I lead you in repentance, and then I'm going to trust you're going to get some deliverance. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. Father, I ask you to show me the truth that sets me free. I ask you to show me the root of all the vexation that's been in my life. In Jesus' name. Father, forgive me for being a fool that is eaten in darkness with great vexation, uh, sickness, and anger. Father, forgive me for holding unforgiveness in my heart toward other people. I choose to forgive by an act of my will every person that you have shown me that I've held unforgiveness toward. I forgive my mother and father for doing the very same thing to me that they did, um, the people in my present have done, and I forgive them all in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, forgive me for judging them. I get off my judge's bench. I take them all by the hand, walk them over to your courtroom, open the door, put them before your throne because you're the judge of the universe. I close the door, and, Lord, I rest my case in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you for the pain I've gone through. I thank you for the truth that's going to set me free. Uh, I ask you to show me how to remove pain 
vexation from my heart, sickness, sorrow, grief, sadness, hurt, and provocation and idolatry from my heart. Forgive me for trusting the world for answers. Forgive me for allowing the world to get me addicted to drugs. Father, forgive me for not believing that by your stripes I'm healed. Lord, I choose to die to sin. Show me all the sin I need to die to. Um, Show me how to live for righteousness. Thank you that your word is truth. God, I've been perishing because of the lack of knowledge. Forgive me for ignorance of your word. Uh, Forgive me, Lord, for um, rejecting knowledge. Forgive me for not being having a teachable heart when people are trying to teach me or help me, and I just say, yeah, but I don't really believe that. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt. I forgive all the teachers in my life for the doctrines of demons I've set under. Uh, God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to remove the curses from my life. Forgive me for not being prudent so that I can be crowned with knowledge. Um, Forgive me for not acting with knowledge. Forgive me for not understanding my way. Forgive me for not considering my steps. Forgive me for not acquiring knowledge. Forgive me that my ear has not sought knowledge. Forgive me that I haven't had any power because I haven't had the knowledge that increases power. Forgive me for not being prudent, seeing the evil and hiding myself. Forgive me for being a fool and paying the penalty. Forgive me for not having a prospering soul. Um, Forgive me for not being in the word of God. Forgive me for not trusting your word to heal me because, Jesus, you are the word. God, um, I ask you to forgive me for disobedience to your voice and your commandment, which would put me under curses. Forgive me for not realizing that a curse can't be there unless there's a cause. Forgive me for idolatry. Forgive me for vowing I want to die, want to kill myself. If I have, forgive me for spiritual adultery and leading other people to play the harlot, cause bowel problems. Forgive me for wickedness. I forgive my forefathers for being wicked, which would cause me to writhe in pain. Forgive me for forgetting the God of my salvation. Forgive me for not obeying or listening to your voice. Forgive me for idolatry, getting my button pushed, thinking it's okay to practice anger and unforgiveness and being depressed and fearful. Forgive me for unbelief and doubt, being a worldly church member. Forgive me for rebellion. Forgive me for being a Philistine. And I forgive my forefathers for being Philistines, for being wallowers, self-pity, want to be martyrs, want to wallow in their self-pity, for being negative and warlike and wanting to fight all the time and having a hot temper, being uncircumcised of heart, being your enemy, Lord, being religious outwardly, but my heart's been a mess, Um, celebrating in the house of idols. Worship in Dagon, I renounce Dagon, Asherah, Ishtar, 
I renounce uh, the goddess of propagation. I renounce um, build, building a sanctuary to Beelzebub. And, Lord, I renounce Freemasonry if I've had forefathers that were Masons and if I've been a Mason. Father, I break and renounce and nullify and make void every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, uh, Masonic ritual, or any other ritual that's been exercised over me or that I've spoken or that's been spoken over me. Forgive me for worshiping the beast, building a temple for the beast. Um, Forgive me for... um, Worshiping the beast, which would cause me to gnaw my tongue with pain. Forgive me for holding unforgiveness. I choose to forgive every person you've shown me, Lord. Forgive me for not walking in your way, seeking your presence. Lord, uh, I forgive myself for my own failures. I forgive every person that's failed me, that hasn't lived up to my expectations. Lord, I forgive anyone that's divorced me. Forgive me for divorce. And and God, forgive me for grieving over divorce. Forgive me for being abandoned. I forgive all those who have abandoned me in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for being an unforgiving person, vowing I'd never forgive. Forgive me for being bitter and resentful. Forgive me for wanting my own way. Being a prisoner in misery and chains because I've rebelled against you. I forgive my mother, father, forefathers, uh, farmer mates for abandoning me, people for abandoning me. Uh, I forgive my mother and father for not nurturing me, not loving me and caring for me. I forgive anyone who sexually abused me, verbally abused me, emotionally abused me, spiritually abused me, physically abused me. I forgive my parents for not training me up in the way I should go, not protecting me, not loving me. I forgive them for their cruel words. I forgive my mother and father that I had to be their caretaker. I had to be the babysitter of the family because of their incompetence, their irresponsibility, for their addictions, uh, their addictive problems. I forgive every person who's rejected me, controlled me, never allowed me to be who you created me to be. Forgive me for letting other people control me. I forgive my mother and father for not protecting me. I break soul ties with every person who's hurt me in the name of Jesus. I call back my soul and spirit my soul and my human spirit from them I send back their soul spirits and their human spirits back to them I exchange their image for the image of Christ I forgive my children for being a grief to me and a sorrow and bitterness to me forgive me for being a foolish child that's brought grief to my parents and Lord I forgive every person that's caused me grief uh, I forgive anyone that's caused my forefathers grief that would cause my eye to be dim and and uh, because of grief um, to uh, my eyes to waste away and become old because of all my adversaries. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm in distress, and my soul 
and my body also has wasted away because of grief. Lord, my soul has weeped because of grief. I've been smiling on the outside but haven't dealt with the pain in my heart. Forgive me for living after the flesh. Forgive me for thinking it's the devil causing my pain when God's the one that has allowed it. Father, forgive me for turning to drugs because of pain instead of turning to you. Thank you that you know the cause. You know the exact problem. Would you please show it to me, Lord? Forgive me for vexation that has slain me because I've been foolish. I forgive, um, Lord, forgive me for vexation that's caused me to be shamed and disgraced. Forgive me for being a fool, being negative, walking around with sadness in my heart when you said the joy of the Lord is my strength. Forgive me for spending my life on worthless pursuits, which would cause me to live a life of pain, eating in darkness with great vexation, sicknesses and anger. Forgive me for not going your way. And Lord, I do ask you to show me all the vexation and I lay it down and forgive me for turning to idolatry, idols, instead of turning to you. Forgive me for all the times I've let the sun go down on my anger, even as a child, even now. Uh, God, forgive me for holding unforgiveness that's caused me to be tormented and, and be afflicted with pain and disease and the inquisitor that has wrecked my, ba- my body with pain. Forgive me for being foolish, Lord. And, Lord, I just repent. I take accountability for the pain coming down through the generations, for everything I've confessed. I forgive my forefathers for all these things. I ask you to forgive me. I forgive myself. Uh, Lord, I I stand up in my bloodline. I take accountability for whatever's come down my bloodline, the pain, the alcoholism, the addictions that have come down, the Freemasonry that's come down the bloodline, the occult worship, the worship of devil. I break all covenants to the devil. I break generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. I break soul ties with every person that has um, done me harm or, or anyone that I have harmed. I break soul ties with all my forefathers. I break soul ties with every person I've sinned with. I forgive every person for uh, hurting me. I call back my soul and my human spirit from them. I send back their souls and their human spirits to them. I exchange their image for the image of Christ. Now I command every demonic spirit to leave every person that I've named in the name of Jesus. I command pain that has wrecked their body leave now in Jesus' name. I cut the hands and the body parts of every person that has hurt anyone that has prayed these prayers in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I break soul ties with every person that they've had sex with in the name of Jesus. Call back their soul and their human spirit from them. Send back their souls and their human spirits back to them. Exchange their image for the image of Christ in Jesus' name. I command all sickness, death, disease, sorrow. I break every yoke of bondage off of each person's neck. I command lies and lying to go in the name of Jesus. I command bitterness, resentment, anger, vexation, hurt, sadness, sorrow, 
uh, leave now. All provocation has to go. All vexation has to leave now in the name of Jesus. All idolatry, all the demons that came in through idolatry, go now in Jesus' name. I command all bitterness, resentment, anger, hostility, depression, sadness, despair, hopelessness, go now. Addictions to pain medication, go now in Jesus' name. All the effects of drugs on their body, I command you to go now in Jesus' name. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. I command all spirits of adultery and fornication and pornography, go in the name of Jesus. Uh, I break the power of anger. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I break your power in the name of Jesus. Praise you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. I ask you to fill each person that prayed that prayer with your Holy Spirit. I call back. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to fill them with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control in the name of Jesus. Now, if anyone wants personal prayer, um, if you'll call in to 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1, and I'll be happy to pray for you. Abiding Life was founded in 1978. We're located in Lindell, Texas. Our address is Post Office Box 1141, Lindell, Texas. You can go onto my website, jerrymcgee.com. That's capital, not capital, I'm sorry. It's G-E-R-I, G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's lots of free articles you can print out. There's lots of CDs you can listen to with Deliverance Prayer. There's books you can order, and I want to um, recognize and acknowledge one book in particular called Clearing the Land. Uh, in that little booklet, uh, you can order it online. In that little booklet, it lists the Bible curses. It lists sins to confess. It, it shows you how to break soul ties. There's prayers to pray, and you can actually get deliverance just repenting over that little book. I've had people tell me that they actually got delivered when they went through that little uh, clearing the land. It's called Preparing for Deliverance. You can order it online. I think it's 5 or $6, um, and that uh, includes postage uh, within the USA. And, of course, if you order one internationally, there's a, there's a, uh, a greater amount of postage, and I don't know how much that is. You just, you just have to take it to the post office and find out. But you can order that book online. Uh, there's also one called uh, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. And in that book, it shows you how to uh, break negative reaping patterns. You know, the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. But the opposite is true. Train up a child in the way he should not go, and when he's old, he won't depart from it. The way you're trained up sets a default, like the default on a computer, where, uh, for example, you can type a letter with using any font. But then uh, when you go to a different letter, it'll, it'll go back to the way the factory said it. And so we're trying to break these negative reaping patterns of how we grew up, and we keep getting kicked back into the default. But that'll happen until you go back and forgive your parents and ask God to forgive you for your, your uh, wrong responses to their poor stewardship. And so uh, there's also a book on grief, Exchanging Sorrows, to joy. There's a little booklet on rejection, but there's a lot of free articles and a lot of free CDs you can listen to, and there's hundreds of other 
uh, CDs uh, that you can purchase if you want. Um, there's a place that you can uh, send a gift through PayPal. We don't take a salary, but we do need money to uh, have the ministry continue, to pay a secretary, to pay uh, rent and our light bills. And we don't do it for money. We do it because we love Jesus. But if you can help us, we appreciate it. Um, also, the lady that sponsors this program, if you want to give a gift to her ministry through PayPal, you can go to D for Dorothy uh, Churchy, number one, at hotmail.com. And uh, we appreciate your gifts that have helped us continue the ministry. If you'd like a, a meeting scheduled in your area, you can email me at Jerry McGee, G like George, E R I M C G H E E, at S like Sam, B like boy, C like cat, global.net. Um, and I can send you a flyer and send you flyers when I'm going to be on the radio again. Also, I'm on Omega Man Radio twice a month. And so you can even go into their archives and hear messages uh, that I taught in the past. And I believe Dorothy has archives. Um, Dorothy, what is your website? I don't get I don't specifically have a website, but I do have archives on Blog Talk, and I have you just Vimeo. Go to Blog Talk and Radio. Yeah, or even SoundCloud. Okay, great. I put them up on SoundCloud. Okay, great. And also, um, those of you who are listening in, if any of you know how to do a website, I surely could use some help by um, just really copying the website I have the way it is now um, because it's on some kind of old program. My secretary is not able to keep it up to date. So we just need somebody to redo it for us and kind of copy the one we have. So if anybody's listening in that knows how to do that, uh, we'd appreciate it. And I hope you'll listen in again um, until um, the first and the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, I teach a meeting in Duncanville, Texas. Uh, the next one is June the 10th, 2017. I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, May 25th through 28, 2017. Uh, I'll be in York, Pennsylvania, September 28th through the 30th of 2017. And I'll be in Corpus Christi, Texas uh, sometime in September, and that's not been scheduled. But if you will sign up for my email, um, I'll send out flyers and I used to send out little daily thoughts of encouragement and haven't done that in a long time, but I really want to get back to doing that. And so uh, if anyone is not uh, wanting prayer, I'm going to go ahead and close. And I just want to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you more peace. And let me hear from you. Thank you for listening in.